Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renewed Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you again for today. Thank you for all that you do for us. God, I just pray that you would speak through this message into the hearts and lives of those that are receiving it. Thank you, God, for uh, your word. And um, God, just have your will in your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it's good to be with you today. I'm glad that each and every single one of you are, are, are here. And uh, today is going to be a really, really good service. Let me, let me just bring this. Let me start with this. When I was a kid, my parents used to encourage me to pursue, pursue things that were bigger than myself. One of the things that I did as a, a uh, fifth grader, my fifth grade summer was to earn money for a motorcycle. My dream was to save enough money to buy a street legal mini motorcycle that I could drive to middle school when I was in eighth grade. You see, in, in, uh, in my hometown where I lived at the time, at the age of 14, you could drive a, uh, a motorcycle to, to school. You could get a license, a motorcycle license. So to do that, I needed to raise $2,000 to purchase this bike. And starting two summers earlier, that fifth grade, going into sixth grade year summer, I started mowing lawns. At 11 and 12 years old, I began pushing a mower up and down my grandmother's street, cutting huge yards for $10, $12, $15. I can still see Mrs. Hall's lawn. I, like that thing was so massive, I could not stand Thursdays when I had to go mow Mrs. Hall's lawn. Uh, but that's, that's what I did. And I did it all because I had aspirations of owning a motorcycle. I didn't get a motorcycle in eighth grade. I, but I'll tell you one thing I did get. I got responsibility. I was a kid, but I, I wasn't a kid. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I still did fun stuff. I still did crazy stuff, kid stuff. But I wasn't just a kid. I was a man in training. And that training caused me to be the man that I am some 30 years later. So I'm talking to men and women today, but I'm also talking to some young men and women in training today. Think about this. Some of you in the room and those online today, you are already heroes. You have people that look up to you. God is using you in mighty ways, and you have a, uh, become a personal hero to someone that aspires to be like you. Like my brother Jose, who, who has been that for me. If you missed last week's message, I want to encourage you to go and watch that. But even if you're not a hero yet, you're a hero in training. That's my message for today, being a hero in training. You see, no one goes from the seat to the stage from one day to the next. You become a professional through classes and practice and, and performing. You don't become the main event if you've never even had a match. And you don't go from the couch straight to the Olympics, you become an Olympian through training. Think about the Rocky movies for just a minute. It's a pr pretty familiar storyline throughout all five movies. Rocky, he meets his villain. He gets threatened, beat up, or they disrespect his girlfriend, Adrian. Yo, Adrian, you remember her? And so he fights them. But he doesn't fight them at the beginning of the movie. It wouldn't be much of a movie at that point. It wouldn't even really make that much sense. Instead, Rocky has to train. 
and he has to drink raw eggs. I have no idea what raw eggs has to do with anything. I guess they didn't have protein powder at the time. And Mick has to yell at him. Remember Mick, like this little old guy, like always was about to beat Rocky up. Felt, sounded like verbal abuse to me. And Rocky has to run up steps with a bunch of neighborhood kids around him. And, and then he goes and he beats the Russian with the eye of the tiger. Can you hear it? You know it? Does it, does it sound familiar? Today I want to talk to you about becoming a hero, being a hero in training. Hebrews chapter 11 is our text today, and this is what it says. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Skipping down to verse 6, and without faith, It is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So this is called the hall of faith. This is sometimes also called, Hebrews 11, it's called the heroes of faith. And so the writer of heroes, uh, Hebrews, he starts talking about these heroes and he he gives some of them a little bit more screen time or a little bit more, um, you know, of a, a biography on their life. And he talks about Abel, Enoch, and Noah, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, Moses and the Israelites. And he gives them a little bit more of a description of how they were heroes of faith. But if you go down to Hebrews 11, verse 32, he says, and what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice and gained what was promised who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. All of these people mentioned were considered heroes of faith. But today I want to talk about one that I think near the end of the chapter kind of like just barely makes the cut. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they 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 almost got cut, but they didn't. I I think that's because he had some things working against him. I think the author, the writer of Hebrews, uh, looked at and weighed out his life and his lifestyle and some of the decisions that he made. And he was like, man, I'm not sure if I should include him or not, but you know what? Let's go ahead and put him in. Let's write him into this chapter on heroes of faith. If today you don't feel like a hero of faith, Maybe you're a hero of faith in training. Maybe you're one of these people that, that are in, and will be a hero, but you're working on it. You're in the middle of training for it. Here's what it looks like to be a hero in training. Being a hero in training, number one, means no one knows your name. You feel like that sometimes? Do you feel like you're just insignificant and nobody even knows who you are or, or, or what you know, purpose you have in life? Being a hero in faith, a, a, a hero in training means that no one knows your name. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10 says, Who dares despise the day of small things? I want to encourage you today. If nobody knows your name, if you feel like your life does not have a lot of significance, don't despise the day of small beginnings because God may have a great purpose for your life. Think about Moses out in the wilderness. Think about Joseph in the pit. Think about even Jesus in his hometown when the scripture says that he couldn't even do any miracles in his hometown because the people there, they didn't have the faith for it. But today I want to talk about this one that 
His name was David. Later in life, he, his name became famous, but in the beginning of his life, no one knew his name. In fact, 1 Samuel chapter 16 says it like this, the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. He was talking about this because Samuel was going to anoint the next king of Israel. And when he goes to, to anoint him, uh, Samuel thinks to himself, it's this oldest son. It's this, this big brother because he's big in stature and he's, he's, he just looks like, uh, he looks like a king. But God says to Samuel, don't look at his outer appearance. And then Jesse brings out his next son. David's father brings out Abinadab and had him pass in front of him. And Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by. But Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass Jesse, Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse answered. He's tending the sheep. And Samuel said, send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. And he was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. And the Lord said to him, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel, the prophet of God, took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerful, powerfully upon David. So this is that, that beginning of David's work and, and, and David's becoming that hero. But in the beginning, before it even began, he, no one even knew his name. No one, even his own father and brothers, they didn't recognize the purpose and the plan that God had for them, for him. So David's anointed king, but guess what happens next? He goes back to the pasture. He, he, he serves his father in the, the, the shepherd's field as just a, uh, an average shepherd. This is the anointed future king of Israel, but yet he's back in the, in, in the shepherd's field. That doesn't make a lot of sense. And, and then they, they find out, King Saul finds out that he's, he knows how to play the harp or the lyre. And so he, he, he is called into the palace and, and he's serving as a performer under uh, the king. And, and then there's a time when he's like the DoorDash guy. For his brothers, his brothers are at war. And, and uh, Jesse, his dad says, take some food to your brothers, to my sons, the warriors. And so David's just like a, a food delivery guy. Until he throws this rocket at, at a, 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 a giant and he gets a name. And all because of that, he has this name. And they say about him in 1 Samuel 18, verse 7, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. You see that? You see how all of a sudden he goes from being um, nameless to everyone knows his name. Here's the second thing I want you to get. Being a hero in training means that you will go through trials. In Saul's service, while he was playing the, the liar for him, uh, Saul tried to kill him on two different occasions. This, the, uh, an evil spirit came upon Saul and, and he threw a spear at him and tried to kill him in the pasture while he was still there. And, and this, from the time of his anointing to the time of becoming the king, there's a 10-year span before he actually becomes that king. But in that pasture, like he kills a lion and a bear. And, and, and you know why he did that? Because 
they were coming after his father's sheep. I don't know about you, but if I saw a lion coming after one of the sheep, I'd be like, do you want some salt and ketchup with that? Because I'm not getting between the jaws of a lion and a, a little sheep. But he was being prepared to become the shepherd over the next, uh, as the, the next king over the, the nation of Israel. So he was going through these tri trials to prepare him for what it was that he was going to do. In, in life, in becoming a hero, you will go through trials. He faced Goliath. That You know about that story, and I, I've already alluded to him. He was the ultimate villain. And most everybody knows the story. It's like the perfect picture of the flesh versus the spirit, which we've talked about the last couple of weeks. Goliath is a picture of, of this, this villain in the flesh, nine feet tall. Just his shield, I think, weighed more than David did. And David, he was somewhat wimpy, like in the flesh, like he didn't have a whole lot of, of, of physical stature. In fact, he tried to, to, to put, on, put on the king's armor and he was unable to move. He was going to go fight the giant with the king's armor. And David said, I can't even fight this guy because I can't even move around in this, this, uh, this armor. So instead, he works with what he knows. He says, you come against me with sword and shield. I come against you in the name of the Lord, my God. And he defeats Goliath with a little rock between the eyes. Can you see the picture of, of, of the spirit defeating the flesh? Like, here's this massive uh, giant of a man being beat because this little, uh, you know, teenage boy comes against him in the power of God with what he knows, which is a slingshot and a rock. How amazing is that? Being a hero in training means no one knows your name. Being a hero in training means you will go through trials. And number three, being a hero in training means you will suffer setbacks. I don't know who that's for today, but maybe somebody in the room is suffering some setbacks. David faced all kinds of setbacks. And what do I mean by setbacks? I mean some of these things that you've done to yourself, some of the things that you've caused upon yourself. Most think David's greatest villain was Goliath, but it wasn't. You know who it was? I talked about this two weeks ago at the beginning of the series. We talked about my greatest villain is me. Your greatest villain is you. David, he suffered a major setback. When he saw this woman bathing on a roof, her name was Bathsheba, he calls her up to his palace. He sleeps with her. He gets her pregnant and then puts a plan in place because he knows who she is. She's, she's the wife of one of his loyal soldiers, one of his like mighty men. And he puts a plan in place to have her husband killed in battle. Why? Because Uriah, her husband, was too loyal to David to go home during the war, during battle, and sleep with his wife. David was trying to create this setup so that he would sleep with his wife and then all of a sudden Uriah would think that the baby that was already conceived in Bathsheba was actually his when all the while it wasn't. But that's how loyal Uriah was. You can check that out in 2 Samuel chapter 11. As you can see from this, David was wildly flawed. And because of that, he faced major consequences to his poor choices. It was a baby that, that he conceived of Bathsheba he died. His family was a mess. I mean, in fact, uh, his son raped his half-sister and, and the other brother to this, this woman that was killed, he takes revenge and kills uh, his, his half-brother. These are David's kids fighting each other, not only fighting each other, but killing each other. 
because of David's setbacks, he was unable to build the temple. He was not, God said, you will not build this temple. So I don't recommend taking the road that David took. I don't consider that a wise choice. But even being a hero in training means sometimes you will suffer setbacks. Have you suffered a setback today? Are you in the middle of something today that you're like, I can't believe I've done this, but because of it, there's no way I'll ever be a hero. But maybe you're a hero in training. As I mentioned, your biggest villain is, is not the Goliath or the giant in the flesh. Your biggest villain is, is you. My biggest villain is me. No matter where you find yourself today feeling nameless, God knows your name. In a trial, your trial is not final. Suffering a setback, it doesn't have to be the end. I, I love this about God. One of his, uh, my favorite characteristics of God and it, of the characteristics of God is the characteristic of redemption. God can redeem even the worst of situations. Yes, David's choices had consequences, but ultimately, David's son Solomon built the temple, and David was credited for writing most of the book of Psalms, Psalms many of the, 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 the uh, literature that we read as, as the poetic literature in the scripture comes from David. And not only those two things, but David is in the lineage of Christ. He's in the bloodline of Jesus. Even though he suffered such setbacks, even though he was wildly flawed, God had a way of redeeming his life. To someone in the world today, you are a hero. But if you don't think you are, or if, if, if you know you're not right now, then you are a hero in training. Because God's plan for your life includes using every experience, every trial, and even your setback for his purpose. I want to encourage you, don't surrender to your setbacks. Think about in the movies when the villain imprisons the hero. The hero doesn't give up. They just fight harder. They break out of the handcuffs. They kick the gun out of the, the villain's hand, and somehow they get him in a chokehold until the police gets there and they save the day. Don't let your setback happen to you. Instead, fight back against your setback. Allow those things to, to make you stronger, to make you uh, more of a hero than you even thought you could be. Think about the, the, the story of Thomas Edison. He failed at making the light bulb almost a thousand times. But had he quit on his first time or even on his 900th and 99th time, had he quit, we might not be standing in a room with light today. You know what he did every time he failed at making a light bulb? He said, I didn't fail. No, I learned one more way how not to make a light bulb. Think about your, your iPhone. Think about your, 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 the, the phone you carry today. Apple has this way of constantly updating their phone. I mean, to the point where it's obnoxious to me and I'm just like, man, again, I got to set this, plug this in and hook it up to Wi-Fi and learn new app you know, updates and all of these things. But why do they do that? Because they're constantly improving, because they realize that where they are is not where they want to ultimately be. So they didn't stick with just the iPhone 5 or the iPhone 10. No, they won't stop on the hardware side or the software side. They're constantly updating and improving. Why? Because 
those things that they've learned from, even their failures, have made them even better than where they are. You are not trying to be a hero. You are training to be a hero. Some of you think you're trying. You are not trying to be a hero. I want you to get this. If you don't get anything else, you are training to be a hero. Some of you have have said in the past, maybe you've said this before, I'm trying to lose weight. Stop trying to lose weight. Instead, begin training for a healthy lifestyle. I'm not trying to be a better husband to my wife and and you to your wife or, or, or ladies to your husband. You are training to live out the vows you made to the Lord and to your spouse. I'm not trying to save money. You are training to have financial peace and leave a legacy for my family. You're not trying to be more faithful to God. You are training to find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference, the difference that God has for you. Think about this for just a minute. What is your one thing that you have been trying to do better? I want you to write that in your notes today. Write that down. I am trying to do this. Now that you've written it, now that you know what that thing is, it might be uh, physical, it might be spiritual, it might be something that you're trying to do. I want you to mark out the word try, and I want to change that statement to train. I'm training to do this thing. And take that with you and put it somewhere where you will see it every day and and remind yourself today that you are training for something great. Before you can be a hero in training, you need the inner strength of the ultimate hero, Jesus Christ. You see, our strength is not our own. It comes from an eternal source, and that source is Jesus. Today, Christ is calling you to a new life a life beyond anything you have ever experienced before. Christ wants to take your sin and replace it with salvation. He wants to to take your sin and replace it with purpose. He wants to take you and make you a child of the Most High King. But it comes with a price. Jesus paid that price for you when He died for you. In just a minute, we're going to lead you in a prayer and, and uh, we're going to stand up and, and give you that opportunity to make that decision. But before we even do that, can I pray for you? God, I thank you for today. God, I thank you for each person within the sound of my voice today that's listening to this message that, that may not feel like a hero, but God, they're a hero in training. God, if they think no one knows their name or they're going through a trial or they've suffered a setback, God, I pray that they would know that they don't have to just keep trying, but instead they can begin training for what it is that you have in store for them. God, I thank you for the life and the example of David. And although he was flawed, although he made made mistakes, God, you redeemed his life and ultimately used him for a great purpose. God, for the person in the room, within the sound of my voice, I pray that they would just say yes to whatever it is that you're calling them to do, to stop trying and to start training. And God, for the person that's going to say yes to you for the first time or maybe as a recommitment to you uh, in their, their, their walk with you, God, I pray that in these moments that you'd begin to speak to them and they would just say yes to you. We love you, God. We thank you for this day. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you guys stand with me? 
Thank you to Pastor Trevor for bringing that powerful message. Um, and it's such a, such a fitting message um, for me. The story of King David, um, when I was attending Renew Church, we had a guest speaker come in here, and he preached a message about King David and about how King David was anointed king, and then just he went back out to the fields. And that spoke to me because it was, the, 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 the phrase of the message was to fall in love with the fields. Because you can't just choose today, I want to be a leader, and then tomorrow you're a leader. You need to learn. You need to grow. And you grow through those trials, through those, through those tribulations. And yes, King David was a flawed man, but he is an example of keeping that faith in God. Because he knew that it wasn't him that became that great king. It was through his faith in God that he became that great king. And that's what Pastor Trevor is talking about, which is we can't do it on our own. So I'm about to lead you guys in a prayer. And if you've never prayed this before, it's, it's simple words, but it's not, about the, it's not about the words that are coming out of your mouth. It's about the heart behind those words. So if we can all bow our heads and close our eyes, and I'm going to lead you in this prayer. And if, if, um, if we can all just say it together. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die for me. I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that I've made many mistakes. But today, I choose to step away from those mistakes and to follow you. Today, I declare you my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. And with all heads still bowed and all eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, would you be so bold then to raise your hand? I see your hand on the right there. Praise God. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, you, 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 you just, thank you for just being that source of comfort, Lord. Thank you for being that example for us, Father. Um, thank you for your words and for your actions on the cross through Jesus, Father. Lord, I just ask that you just today for any, all the, any and all struggles that are happening in this room, Lord, I just pray that you just give comfort and peace, the only comfort and peace that we know, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all worship together.
All right, you may be seated. Can we give it up for our worship team? So I know that was a little bit different, but did you guys enjoy that? Was that good? That was pretty good. So we do have a couple of announcements. Um, on October 30th, we will be having baptisms. Anybody? Yeah, there we go. Baptisms. So if you know somebody who hasn't been baptized or if you yourself have not been baptized, we encourage you guys to go. You can, join, um, you can look online, www.renew.miami forward slash baptism. Or you can just seek out one of the pastors here on staff and they will give you some more information about it. It's a symbolic gesture uh, in, in which you die to your old self and you raise up into new life in Jesus Christ. Um, it's a powerful moment, so if you, if you are interested in that, you can look up online or you can reach out to one of the pastors on staff and they will give you more information and invite your family and friends. It's, it's always a powerful moment. On October 31st, the very next day, we are having a trunk or treat. Um, yeah, give it up, trunk or treat, it's always a good time. So it's, it's for the kids, candy, food, fun, it's a great time. Um, you might have seen it when you drove or when you came in. There's a trunk outside. It's a big cookie monster. Um, you can theme your trunk any way you want, but we are encouraging you guys to participate because we cannot put on this event without you guys. We need more trunks to sign up. If candy is an issue, please let us know. We will supply the candy. Um, we are also um, giving away a raffle. So for anybody who enters into the trunk or treat, um, your name will be entered into a raffle in which we will be giving away a gift card to a restaurant. Not sure which restaurant yet, but there will be a restaurant giveaway. So it's obviously a good a moment for a date night um, on Renew Church, but it's October 31st at 6.30. As you are walking out, you can see the trunk right next to it. There is a sign-in sheet if you are interested. Um, last but not least, if you, if you would like to give to Renew Church, there are three ways in which to do so. You can do it in person via the envelopes on the seat backs. Just fill it out and go ahead and drop it in one of the buckets on the way out or into the black um, stand-up podium. You can give online at www.renew.miami forward slash giving, or you can text give to 786-55, I mean 565-1165. Would you guys pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we just thank you again for another time, uh, another moment in which we can just gather, learn more about you, Lord, learn about your ways, and just worship, Father. Uh, Lord, I just pray for this. Um, I pray over the offering. I pray that it is used in powerful ways to advance your kingdom, Father. Lord, I pray for everybody in here. I pray for their needs. I pray for blessings moving forward, Father. I pray that everybody gets home safe and sound. Lord, just have your way with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, and you are all dismissed.